0: never before. Let's put our hearts together for this King. Just don't see Him as the Savior. Just don't see Him as the Lord. See him as the king, worthy of all honor and praise. We magnify you, O God. Thank you, Jesus. We're so grateful, Lord, for all your love towards us. You are the indescribable one. And we really, really thank you today. I know we've come here with various needs and desires. or Wherever we may be listening to this, there are needs that your people have brought to you today, Father. But our joy is that you are the one that you meet all needs. And so we are asking today, one more time, meet us at the points of our needs. Energize us. Take us forward. Let your name be glorified. Let the word of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. And let everything done here bring praise and glory to your holy name. We worship your Father. Jesus' most wonderful name, we pray. God bless the choir once again. Come on, let's celebrate. We can put our hands. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all on this glorious Sunday. In the next few minutes ahead of us, I will share with you from the scriptures, and um, we will minister unto needs as the Lord will lead us. So I will try and go straight to the point, just to encourage our hearts and get us ready and open to receive from the Lord. Please turn with me to Job chapter 14, and we will read verse 14. Job 14, verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days... Of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. All the days of my labor, the O King James Version puts it, I will wait till my change comes. When I was thinking of what to title this uh, message, I, I was zeroing in. I know what the Lord wanted us to hear. What he, I believe he said to my heart, I should share. But sometimes you struggle to give it a title. So I started with, I will wait till my change comes. Then it looked a little bit too long. And I said, um, till my change comes. And that was good. And then... By late yesterday, I settled for my change comes. But after the workers' meeting this morning, it became change comes. (laughs) All right, so we settled for change comes. And I think that essentially conveys uh, in large part what the Lord will want us to hear. The first thing is that change is inevitable. It is just the kind of change that is up for discussion. There are changes everywhere, change for the better, change for not so good, and there are small changes, big changes. But I also look at change from the position, how they come. And I could find three. If you find the fourth or fifth one, please let me know. But the three that I could identify right away is that there are accidental changes, accidental changes, and these are changes that people stumble into. They didn't plan for it. They didn't hope for it. Some of them are good. For instance, a man called Saul, the son of Kish, in 4 Samuel chapter nine and ten, chapters nine and ten, stumbled into a change. And the change was so dramatic, the man became a king. But the problem with accidental changes is that if you don't know how to handle it, they can become a problem. You must have been observant enough to have noted there are many leaders of countries, possibly of companies, in the world that found accidental changes. They stumbled into changes. And because they didn't plan for that post, they didn't hope for it, they didn't desire it, they didn't know how to handle the post. So accidental changes is not the kind we are really looking for. Amen. Also, there are imposed changes. Imposed changes. That is, somebody comes around and forces a change upon a person. Most of the time, they are not very good changes. In the book of Judges, chapter 6, the Bible tells us of the children of, um, of Israel who regularly went under the um, midianites tormenting them they were so chained to the extent that confusion consumed the man gideon that he was threshing wheat in a wine press if you've been to israel you know without taking much of your time the wine press is specially designed like a bowl and there's a bit of a contraption, much like a machine that they use in pressing um, wine, either stepping on it to mash it. It's totally inadequate for wheat. But when changes come, a person can be confused. And so, there might be some people who have had to modify their lives because of sickness and the change that it has brought to their lives. My prayer today is that such so changes, we will depart from them and we will come to the right kind of change. Anyway, somebody has said the only thing that doesn't change in life is change. Change will always come. So if I find myself in a place I don't want to find myself, rejoice. Because that can still change. Because nothing is permanent in life. Number three, apart from accidental changes, apart from imposed changes, is what we can call intentional changes. Now the intentional change is the one that you yourself, you look out for. You seek it. And um, in a minute, we'll go through very quickly some of the steps that one needs to take before one sees any tangible change in their lives, or in his or her life, rather. If you turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and i read verses 25 to 34. Mark five twenty-five. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her blood, in her body rather, that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. You could see this woman is a typical example of a woman who went after change. She was not satisfied with her situation. She did not go on complaining. And if we were to turn this into just an interactive session, can you pinpoint efforts that this woman made in getting change? What, are, what, what was the number one effort this woman made to get a change? Eh? eh? Physicians. So that woman was looking for change. And sincerely, there's nothing wrong in looking for help everywhere. After all, yes, except it's from the devil. Uh But even God can see your desperation and we turn it into blessing for you. This woman is a typical example. And please, when we read the scripture, in actual fact, in my notes, so that I don't forget, I wrote there, read. When we read the scripture, it's important to read between the lines. Do you think the emphasis that the scripture placed? Or the recording of the fact that she's been to many physicians, do you think it was just a waste of space? No. They were going on about something. She was not better. She grew worse. And we can play that out. If it had been somebody else, you've been to the physicians... You gave them all your life savings. Remember, she was a rich woman. When the Bible said great woman, she was a rich woman. She had a lot of money, spent all her money on the physicians. What are some of the things she could have done when she spent all her money on the physicians? Who promised her she would be healed? What are some of the things she could have done? She could have eh, given up. Good. She could have sued them. She could have spent the rest of her life Saying, you promised me I sold my house. I didn't get healed. How many of us, sometimes we waste our efforts on pursuing something that is not profitable? Because you have troubling me so much, I'm going to fight you and fight you. Does that change your situation? Why not divert that energy into something more productive? When I look at this woman, she, she, she really touched my heart. How many times have you been gossip the that doesn't change the project god has given you how many times people have you know ganged up against you and i say you know you are not going to make it in that workplace that doesn't change anything just brush them aside i will never stop giving you that story if you know where you are going you don't allow somebody else to push you out at a bus stop before your destination i mean it's a simple example for me in the city of Aberdeen. So anybody has been to this city, but you can use any other place, you know, if you listen to this from what that means. The main street in our city, Abadi, we all know is what? The Union Street, isn't it? Now, at the top end, there's a bus stop that we can call Auburn Junction. Am I right? At the further end, there's another bus stop that is called, let's say, Castlegate. Union Street is probably about one and a half miles, maybe a little bit thereabouts. Not very good at estimating distance. If you enter at Urban Junction and you sit in that bus and someone comes in looking for your trouble, sit next to you, as some people do, spread his leg wide out, pushing you right onto that wall, and you're about to say, Please, can I stand up? He said, No, you're not good. I said, Let me go. He you said, You're not going. And then the person is still spreading. And you still do like this, still crouching and, and press and press you. You had two, three options. Number one option, push him back. Escalate that to a little bit of a slap. Number two option, keep praying. Allow like him to keep squeezing you and keep praying. Boss, move quick. Boss, move quick. Boss, move quick. <laughs> and eventually, when you are close to the place and you say, Thank you very much. Please, and if I jump over his leg and rush out. Or you can decide to just sit there and be arguing with him and you can add many other options. What I'm saying here, brethren, when you are looking for change, make sure nobody distracts you. Because it's very, very likely that you may end up coming out a backwind, a few stops before your destination, and it's not you we walking out, you might be walking out with a handcuff in your hand. You get to the police station before you explain yourself. Because I know you are sitting down there, or you're listening, And you are wondering, but this is not fair. It's not about it's not fair. It's about you knowing where you are going. Is is that point well made? Very quickly, I will talk about three principles of change. Three principles of change. So we've said change can come either by accidental change. We don't want to settle for that. It can come by imposed change. We don't want that. But we want to be intentional in sinking change. And a small change or big change. For yourself or for your family. But above all, for the kingdom of God. We want change in this city. We want change around us. We want change in the nation. And it will come in the name of Jesus Christ. But we need to be intentional as we seek it. And so, number one point of the three, there may be more principles of change, is that you must desire change. You must desire change. There are desires and there are desires. You know, many people, they tell you, you know, you know, I desire to see this thing. Number one test of a desire, of a true desire, is opposition. When a person says, I'm desiring something, once he or she meets opposition, if he or she leaves, that is the test that that person is not very serious with that change he or she says looking for. The kind of desire I'm talking about is a desire that comes with desperation. It's a desire that comes with a lot of doggedness, discontentment with where you are, determination, a burning on the inside, and I said, I'd rather die than allow this thing not to happen. And I've never seen people who have such desires that God has never answered. I've mentioned to you many times before, all of us, at one stage or another, we've lived our life by excuses. And theologians are very good at giving us excuses. There was a time because people could not pray through they could not see God. I should see God. They said tongues have ceased. Only for around 1904, thereabouts, tongues returning. Where did tongues go? It didn't go anywhere. People were not desperate. People were not seeking it. And now you are free. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, because some people insisted and said this blessing must come back again, and the blessing came. There were times when people were saying up to around 1950s when that God doesn't heal anymore. That the time of healing has gone. God has substituted hospitals for healing. And that became the order. Until some people said, Until God heals me, I'm not going to let go. Let it be recorded concerning my name. He died seeking God for this blessing. Let that be. And the have said, and then, Let not the epitaph said that he gave up in the middle. Quit us and ever win us. Let's not quit, beloved. And I'm not talking just about your personal life. Many have given up that this city can be saved. Many have given up that souls can be Many have given up that people of all backgrounds and and cultures and races can be saved in their thousands. But that's not the God we serve. It's a God, if we desire it, we'll get it. The common question we keep asking and we keep hearing, when do I know it is enough to stop? Because if this this had been a Wednesday, you would have asked me that question. We have had it many times. I've been pressing, but when do I know it's enough to stop? I've made up my mind. Because I needed this encouragement, the Lord gave me this encouragement. Let it be said that it is not you that said you will not ask again. Let it it not be on your end. Let God be trying. Once you get to that point, number one, devil will back off. Number two, God who sees the future, we know that if I don't answer this one, we will have issues in, you know, and since I can never be found to be unfaithful. Stay there. When the Bible said Abraham was able to marshal courage, was able to approach Sarah. I don't want to be too graphic, you know what that means. A 99-year-old man having child with a 90-year-old woman. Common sense tells you that those guys, Steve, say one more time, Lord. Uh, that's why she didn't have a second child. <laughs> I mean, that's one, to even have that one, you knew the effort it took. But the man made up his mind. He said, I desire this child. Despite the fact she was, he was making other moves somewhere. Please, if any prayer you will pray, let it be, Lord. And I'll tie it up later. I don't want to give you that word. Because one word we tie everything together for us in a minute? Let that prayer be, oh Lord, let my desire for the best not die. I when the desire goes, the person is finished. Uh, everything, everything hangs on desire. Number two, very quickly. And Mark chapter 11, verse 24 will be helpful to you there. The Lord make it very clear. Made it very clear. That if you desire a thing and you will ask and you will believe, my Father in heaven will give it to you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you will what? You will have them. Number two. So, what's the number one principle of change? All right, we know we are in the month of new things. So, please expect that new things will happen to you. You must desire change. Number two, you must position yourself for change. You must position yourself for change there are some blessings that we never meet a person in some there are some locations that we never allow some blessings to meet you and i i 'm not talking just of physical location. Uh, if I have the time, I can expand that location spiritual location because if you are not born again, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ was saying ahead of time that the Bread of healing is only left for who? For the children. That woman made sure she became a child on daddy. That's why Jesus gave her. Because she was saying, even if I'm a dog, but Jesus said, you are not a dog. From the belief of your heart, you believe in me already. You're already in the kingdom. Come and receive the bread. So if a person is not born again, he should not expect much from the Lord except to be saved. And I can expand that into emotional state. There are some emotional locations a person can be that change cannot meet him there a person that is constantly grumpy, a person that is constantly angry, a person that is constantly malicious, is a bad emotional place to be for a change to be today. You can change it to location. You can take it to the physical realm. A person that's supposed to be found in church when they are laying hands and is somewhere else, and God knows he's supposed to be in church, is in the wrong position. A person that God has directed to a particular fellowship, a particular place to go, and serve, or a particular department, and the person is not physically there, change will not meet him. So, we will look at one or two examples of people who position themselves and change made them. John chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. So it was, John chapter 5, verse 1. So it was, as a multitude prays about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. Sorry, I'm reading Luke. Somebody should have pointed that out. Hallelujah. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Amen? Are you still there? Come on, church. Hallelujah. Aren't you ready to position yourself? Yeah, you'll be positioned this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now, they are raised in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made whole? And we know the rest of the story. The Lord Jesus Christ asked him to get up, and the man was whole, and he went home. The man decided to stay where healing will meet him. Even though he started with a place that is so strenuous, but Jesus knew that that place remains a place of healing, and the Lord Jesus Christ went there, and met him there. You are here today. In a moment, we will make altar call as the Lord lays on our hearts, and we will have laying of hands and praying for people for different categories. I hope you will position yourself because it takes positioning for things to happen. In Mark chapter 10, there was a story there of Bartimaeus verses 46 to 47. He positioned himself at the gate so that when Jesus Christ was passing by, he could raise his voice and say, Jesus Christ, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Number three, very quickly. What are the first two we mentioned? You must. Number two, you must. And the positioning can be spiritual positioning, uh emotional positioning, physical positioning. Financially, you can even position yourself. You know that. You can fill in the blank. Because by giving, you are positioning yourself. By investing in the right projects for God, you are positioning yourself. Finally, you must embrace change. And this can be a very tricky one. A very, very tricky one. Because we want, how kind a person desire change? How can a person position himself for change? And the same person will not embrace change. You know, the problem with change is that it does not usually come the way it will come. I'll tell you a good example. Uh, it's not a good example, but might be an example we can all relate to. A woman desiring to, probably a younger person, uh, you know, that probably hasn't got enough experience of life, desire I want to have my own baby, and then suddenly um, she became pregnant. They say she fell pregnant. I don't believe you fall pregnant. When you are pregnant, you rise. Anyway, she, she became pregnant. And the first few weeks of the pregnancy, she couldn't retain any food. Ah, she kept saying, ah, this pregnancy, is this hard like this? Ah, this pregnancy, I'm tired. And then, keep moaning and complaining. Got some relief. That phase of the pregnancy passed. And then eventually moved to the stage in which it's so difficult to climb the stairs. And every day she keep money. This pregnancy, this pregnancy, this pregnancy—what type of problem is it? <laughs> a person, strangely, it might not seem realistic to you, but many a times in life, there are some demands that the change you are asking for will entail, and we might not be prepared to pay that price. Because it looks ridiculous. That kind of person, and for your information, there are people like that in our generation who, even the example that seems hilarious and unrealistic to you, that after they're falling pregnant, they said they don't want to carry on. Some says because of what they have had in labor, they don't want to go through a period of labor. Say, just let them put me to sleep. So by human standard, we have this wrong attitude That we don't prepare sufficiently for the change we're expecting. Jesus Christ warned the disciples. He warned them. He said, look, this work that I've given unto you will come with persecution. And there are no two ways about it. He warned the two sons of Zebedee who said, I want to sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand. You remember that story? And Jesus Christ said, you don't know what you're asking for. Now, the change you're asking for today, I hope you know the change you're asking for. Because you might be asking for a change concerning your relationship at home with your spouse or with somebody else. And what God will tell you to do, you will say, if that's what it takes, Lord, I'd rather continue the way it is. Because God may tell you, you must be a perpetual fool in that relationship. And you say, for me to be a fool, I I prefer the fight. And there are people like that. They say, no, 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 I, I I won't settle for that. There are people that have sought counsel in all places. I say, you know, this problem is not living in my standard family or in my job. And the word of the Lord unto that person is that, stop worrying yourself. And the problem was mounting, was mounting. They left, they stop worrying yourself, went back into the fight. It's very paramount that when the change comes, you'll be prepared for the change. For instance, I'm believing God. That's my own heart cry. And it should be your own heart cry in addition to any other requirements we have in our life. I'm believing God that people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in large numbers in our city. That's my heart cry. But do you know, when that change comes, it will come at a, it will come at a price. There are some things that you were dreamed before that we might let go of. There are ways that we act before. There are, you might be made to stay awake longer just to get it done. You might need to do more visitations. You might need to find yourself in a pub standing by somebody who is an alcoholic. And you yourself, you need a lot of grace to keep standing yourself. You must be prepared to embrace the chain. I will close on this admonition. What was it? I mentioned to you earlier on that either desire or to position yourself or to, to embrace change, all of this will fail somewhere along the line if the enemy is able to successfully dispose a major weapon in his hand against you. And that major weapon of the enemy is called discouragement. Discouragement. Because Change comes. My change comes. I will wait for my change. You will only be able to do so if you are able to stay full of hope. 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 And the devil knows how to knock it. In fact, he will use good intention people through sermons to knock it, he will bend the sermon for you. Maybe a message the Lord sends unto you. Do more, get up your backside, enough of laziness and whatever. Then, instead of you hearing God saying, I will help you to go forward, you will hear, the devil will reinterpret that to me. No need to go forward. You have tried so hard, you couldn't make a headway. They are even telling you, you have failed. Don't try anymore. That can be the end of that vision. Even some, if you don't take care, you may hear this word of change, be intentional. It could be coming across to you if the devil will have his way to say, what change are they talking about? Haven't you desired before? Haven't you positioned yourself before? Even this embracing, haven't you? It can't happen, forget about it. So all that you have heard and you will hear, from any other source, do if it works against you having faith and hope to go forward, discard it. Or ask God to modify it for you so that hope will stay alive in your life. Amen. Hope is central to anything that we do. You know, one name that God is called in the book of um, Jeremiah, and it's the only place that that, that's, that, that word came out in the Bible. It has, it has to do with hope. The hope of Israel It's called the hope of Israel. That is when everything becomes hopeless. The hope of Israel will step forward into your situation. I mean, it gets to a situation. I mean, let's let, let's 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 talk about current issues. Some some have been looking for a job for a long time, and they're so discouraged. I was out of town, and I was hearing um, a colleague was speaking to me yesterday. I was. Tell me of people who it's a ministry was talking about who have got to the end of their rope and they say they can't do anymore. They've packed their bags and they left the country. I've heard of many people who have looked for a job. God did not say relocate. They just just ran out of hope. The devil just sucked out hope from them. I know of people trusting God for marriage. They said, I'm not going to bother anymore. In fact, they started praying, they prayed, oh Lord, if this is the state that will continue to be. I know people trusting God for children. They said, you know what? I know knew a new minister is, is going to be with the Lord now. And I'm not saying that every time we pray that God will answer the way we, pray, we answer. Remember my first statement? That let it be said of me that until I breathe my last breath, I was doing what? I was still believing and asking. I think it's the greatest testimony in the person. Rather than towards the end of his life, where he settled for it, that will mean nothing to coming generations. I knew a minister was afflicted by a particular disease and supposed to be a fatal disease. Down the line, sadly, even if God had meant it to be like that, but I was not expecting that statement, he settled for it. He said, maybe that is the disease that God meant to kill him. No, no. Even if it is. Unless he had, he didn't tell me he had God. I know he's been in heaven. I know for sure he's in heaven. Because he demonstrates one of those things that you know a person goes to heaven. And you wouldn't know. You can't fake it. If a believer dies, you wouldn't know for everybody. But some God will give you an insight. If a believer dies, and before the believer dies, especially if it's a protracted one, There's a period in which the person tells you that angels have come for them. You will know they've gone to heaven. Because the Bible tells me in the book of Luke that the rich man died and he was buried. Lazarus died and what? The angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. So I always look for especially older people. Their last few days, I know the man is with the Lord Jesus Christ. But even then, why, why will hope disappear that much? I've been in a position before the ministry when I just felt, ah, no, Lord, maybe, no, 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 no. That's no more. As I was walking down the stairs, there there was a new hope bubbling in my heart. There was a new confidence that I had as I was walking into this room. That my eyes and your eyes will see mighty move of God beginning with your life. But it takes God to walk in you. It takes me to decide and say, I will not settle for less. It, that's just it. If you don't remember anything in this sermon, remember this. Let it never be said of you that you gave up. Let the coming generation pray until the last breath. It was still say, Lord, that matter. unto answering. And see whether God will not answer. And don't live in between gaps. Don't let anybody convince you that maybe it's not the will of God. I, and, and this is a very radical thing for me. It's a very radical thing for you. For many of us who preach the gospel as holistic gospel, we know the right, we know the left, and we balance it, which is perfect. But I think there's one left that we should not look at. When it comes to asking God, stay at the point of your asking. He may not answer, it does not matter, but let your own side be fulfilled. Can I hear amen unto that one? And you will fulfill your own side in the name of Jesus. You will fulfill your own side in the name of Jesus. And that's why you'll be able to say, change comes! change comes my change comes it's going to come it's going to come and the two people who held the hand of the lord for us to be hearing testimonies oh yes definitely that's not your case of a woman marrying for the first time at the age of 65. Took people, God just to use them as example. It took God to allow that to happen for a woman having the first child at the age of 67, not by IVF, but natural conception in our time. It took people hand, holding the hand of God to be able to have a woman having a child without a womb, documented with X-rays and scans showing it. She had no uterus. She had a child. It took people saying, I will wait for my change. It took people like like like, like Taylor to have ministered in India so long and China, and yet nothing happened. And suddenly, shortly, they left the stage until his death. Still believing God, revival broke out in those places. I will wait for my change. Don't let anybody come with high sounding word for you. I, I don't want it anymore. Have I believed God for it? I will wait for it. Have I believed God for it? I will keep asking for it. And then you keep coming with questions. When do we stop asking? You know, all those questions are leading with, uh, you know, where we are. Hallelujah. You know, I've asked the Lord about ten times. But after all, Paul said three times I asked the Lord; He did not answer me. And the Lord said, "My grace is sufficient for you." My, my, my question to you: There's a difference between asking and believing. It's a big difference. You may have stopped asking, but you can keep believing. Keep asking might be repetition, useless repetition. But keep believing is that when it comes to your heart, you say, Lord, that's file is still on your table. You move on to another thing. Many are asking, but they are not keep believing anyway. So it's not in the repetition. And so above all things, let's settle it today that change is coming. And may I tell you, some of those changes are coming this very month. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In our daily bulletin, we send prayer points out week in, week out. And uh, by the grace of God, we just don't write those prayer points. We pray before we send them out. Some of you, if you've been using them, you find them, they coincide with where you are in some days. It's just like when you use a daily devotional. You find out that the very thing you woke up struggling with, is what God is talking to you about on that day. Now this week, Beginning from today, the daily prayer point that will be sent to you will contain next level. So, we trust in God that we will pray this week from Saturday today right on to Saturday. And there will be one next level, another that will be the main focus. I will encourage you to pray for them. Even if you're at a good level, when they're talking about next level of joy, I will pray. When they come talk about next level of my relationship, thank God and wonderful God for where I am, I will still pray. When they pray for next level of, you know, health and, and, and perfection in health, if I don't carry any disease in my body now, I will buy another 20 years of not a single headache. I will pray for that next level. So everybody will need a next level. So may I encourage you with that one as we go into this week that with hope and with confidence believing that change is coming we shall go to the next level in jesus name i want all of you to please rise on your feet with me hallelujah 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 we're talking about intentional change hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. thank you lord jesus Father, we've not received the touch of man but the touch of God. And that's why I pray beginning from today into this new week, let there be lifting for every one of your children in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive a new infusion of hope receive a lifting in your spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and i know that you are coming back to testify i know out of today's visitation by the lord great and awesome testimony unto our god we come forth in the name of the Lord Jesus from your testimony souls shall be won for jesus And his name shall be glorified. We give you honor and praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can do better than that. Shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.